0: Hello friends and welcome to the Locked Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host Harrison Lee, and i a Neville Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's episode is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room app. Download the Green Room app on all iOS devices today and get the conversation started. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Folks, on tonight's show we have a very massive episode, relatively speaking. It's not going to be any longer than usual, but in terms of like content, it is free agent frenzy because folks, it it has been a, a crazy not even 24 hours. We knew a lot of free agents were gonna be signed, but Even by my standards, I really was not expecting the sheer volume and and certainly the scale of what we saw today. Quite honestly, this was one of the most insane free agency days that I've ever seen, and Winnipeg was, for the most part, uninvolved. The only Jets signings are Mikey Isomont and Luke Johnson, both of whom are probably going to be playing for the AHL uh, affiliate in the Manitoba Moose. So I wouldn't expect them to be making much of an NHL impact, but they're there, they're warm bodies, and they are on the low-cost side. Johnson's been brought in on a one-year two-way deal, while Izemont has actually been signed for a couple of seasons, um, and he's also on a two-way deal. Izemont might actually have something in the tank to potentially play a fourth-line role at some point, but I wouldn't expect too much. These are just guys who can help replenish Manitoba's ranks, because I think they've had a decent amount of roster turnover, including Nathan Todd, who left the team and signed somewhere else, so they do need some really good goal scoring up front. Izemont sounds like he's had a really good time with the Ontario Reign, The Locked On Ellie King show mentioned him a little bit ago as having had a very good season in the AHL and was starting to find his game, so the Moose could definitely use the offensive jump. I feel like it'd be nice to give some guys like Cole Perfetti or you know David Gustafson, whoever ends up kind of staying down with the Moose, a little bit more offensive help. Last year's team, I wouldn't say was was terrible, but it certainly had a couple of issues creating offense, especially at the first part of the season. At that point, the, the Moose were definitely just bad. Nowadays, they were kind of a little bit more mediocre, but I would still say Isamon Johnson will probably play pretty important roles. As far as other free agent signings are concerned, I'm not sure how involved the Jets are going to be. The first thing they need to figure out is what to do with Neil Pionk and Andrew Cop. Logan Stanley, I feel like, is going to be pretty easy to fit under the cap, but Cop and Pionk are going to have a lot more of an issue. Thanks to Little's LTIR, they can actually go over the cap by a decent amount, a couple million, but I don't know how much the Jets are actually going to do that. If they do, though, I would imagine that Pionk and Cop could actually be extended, but it would probably be one of those things where next year maybe they reevaluate where the situation is and which of those two players should remain with the Jets. I am very curious to know what's going to happen, though, because Pionk especially for me might be the guy that actually gets priced out of the Jets, partially because of what we saw on today's free agent market. I still think there's a scenario where he comes in at like six or seven years by maybe five and a half or so million. I don't know that that's all that realistic, but it is possible. But after today's free agent signings, I don't know, it's going to be a strange one. The Jets have a couple of options. I would like to have Neil back. I feel like their gains in trading for Dylan and Schmidt would certainly take a bit of a hit if Pionk were to leave, which, you know, it is something that is a potential reality. I mean, he is going to be worth a lot on the trade market if we're looking at some of the trades that have already happened. And considering he's a right shot D with really good offensive point totals, there's going to be significant value in that. I'll talk more about the Jets in probably later episodes once we have a better sense of what their plan is and what they're going to do with their restricted free agents, but let's go down the list and talk about some of the more notable free agent signings. I'm going to go from top to bottom based on the the contracts that have shown up, I guess the latest deals that have been announced. They're all on spot track, so anything you want to find is up there. I'm going to try and point out the ones that I think actually have some sort of an impact, maybe on the Jets or just on the team that they're signing with. The latest deal that does actually look pretty decent is Dmitry Kulikov signing for the Minnesota Wild at two years for $4.5 million. Getting Kulikov for a little under $2.5 million per season is actually very good value. You sign him for a short term, you're not looking for much more than somebody who could be like a stabilizing force on either your second or your third pairing. And if you're banking on him repeating what he did with the New Jersey Devils, it's not actually that bad of a bet. When he was here with the Jets, I think a lot of people, including myself, tended to get a little bit distracted by the fact that oftentimes when he was on the ice, he was a little bit unlucky. Sometimes some of that luck was actually just him sort of bumbling around behind the net, but usually Kulikov, defensively speaking, had good positioning. He actually boxed guys out. He was very physical. There's a pretty quality bottom pairing D right there, or somebody who could play on your second pairing with somebody who's a little bit more offensively aggressive as his line mate. So Kulikov, two years. I think that's a really nice contract for the Wild. They're really rebuilding and, and trying to do a lot of different things. I'm curious to know what they're going to look like next season. Winnipeg is definitely going to have a really tough time with them, but they're also a team that's still in a bit of a transition stage, especially just buying out Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. So I'm curious to know what to do with the rest of their cap space. Caprisov's contract extension is still very much in the air. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but if it does, they definitely need every amount of cap space they can scrap up. On the D side of things, though, not a bad deal. The next signing that is kind of interesting, and uh, you know, it's not really one that's a very big impact signing, but I'm, I think it kind of suggests a direction that the Rangers are going, and that's bringing in Dryden Hunt for two years at a little over league minimum per season. Guys like Hunt are, are mostly knuckle-draggers with you know, the ability to skate and, and sort of move up and down the ice. I don't know that New York really needs a lot of that. I feel like the Rangers do need to reformat their bottom six, but I also don't know if they're a team that really needs to afford bringing in tons of physical guys who maybe don't have a lot of skill. Hunt could maybe surprise us and end up being something at least half decent, but I, I don't know if he's the kind of player that I would be looking for as the Rangers continue to get younger and more skilled, If you want to fix your bottom six, I would sign guys like Sam Gagne, who got a one-year deal for 850 k re-signing with the Detroit Red Wings. That's the kind of contract I would be looking for, especially if you're a team that's kind of in the middle of, of rebuilding and looking for guys who are maybe not, like... Terrible players, but certainly not guys that you would really expect to pay a lot of money for and play a prominent role in your top six Gagne can still be a capable offensive threat So I feel like this is a nice contract and it's the kind of thing that I would feel the Rangers should be looking more at But it seems like Drury is kind of moving in a strange direction I don't 100% know what New York's FO is thinking, but we'll find out over the next couple of years We've only scratched the surface of free agent signings So stay tuned for even more great ones Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out tonight's title sponsors at Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders, journalists, and everyone in between in real time about your favorite team or sport. Greenroom is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NHL. You'll find fans just like you on Greenroom for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, trade news, rumors, and every sports hot take you can think of. You can even find several hosts from the Locked On Podcast Network covering the NBA, MLB, and NHL in their respective green rooms. To get started, go download the free Green Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all on the app, and I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked On Winnipeg Jets room is live. Download the Green Room app today and get the conversation started. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change, and as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Bilt Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Bilt often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So, stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as built bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to built.com and use promo code locked15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code locked15 at checkout for 15% off at built.com. Place your order today for the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. It is officially free agent frenzy, and teams have seemingly gone pretty crazy and lost their minds. Um, but actually some teams have been pretty sensible and I think the the Columbus Blue Jackets have done a pretty decent job of dealing with their free agents. We see Alex Texier signing for two years at a little over 1.5 million. Texier is somebody that I think is very much getting bridged to figure out what kind of player he is. It seems like he's very much a, a play driver with some really silky hands, good scoring ability, and a natural knack for offense, but I'm sure they kind of want to evaluate their options and see where he is after a couple of seasons, see if he's the kind of player they want to lock up long term, or maybe give a little bit more hesitation to. The funnier signing is Gavin Bayreuther signing for two years at 750 per season, which it's funny because Seattle picked him and then just sort of let him go. I feel like Seattle very much missed the boat on how you're supposed to do these expansion drafts. I feel like they expected one thing from the environment and scenario post-COVID, and all the teams basically seemed to kind of go against that. They picked a, a number of players that are pretty good, but then they also drafted a number of guys that clearly had better alternatives available from the same teams, and they didn't really get paid to take any of these weaker players. So I'm kind of surprised that they did this. Bayreuther's just another example of them, maybe not being, I don't know, attuned to what was supposed to happen, because they ended up taking a bunch of defenders, and now that everyone's signing all of these defenders to big deals, it doesn't really seem like their plan of trying to trade these guys away is actually going to pan out. As far as the Blue Jackets are concerned, though, it feels like they're moving in the right direction. They had a pretty decent draft. I feel like their free agent signings are moving in the right direction. They've made some, you know, pretty smart trades over the past couple of weeks. This is a team that might start to figure out its, its footing as time goes on. They moved out Cam Atkinson, they're starting to get younger. This is a team that feels like it's ready to maybe move on from the existing core and start to approach what they're really looking for. They can't always stop the mass exodus of talent that seems to plague their team, but hey, they did actually manage to qualify Patrick Laine for one season at $7.5 million. He's coming back, he seems like he's taking a bet on himself, but hey, they're keeping him, maybe he actually wants to commit long-term if this season goes better. I feel like things are looking up for the Blue Jackets. Speaking of teams from the Eastern Conference, we've got Carter Verhege signing for three years. And his AAV is going to be just over $4 million per season. This is a deal that I like a lot. Carter Hagee is a very good player. Um, he essentially started putting up ridiculous numbers once he got into Florida's top six. This kind of tends to happen to a lot of Tampa Bay players. People are maybe underrating some of the guys in their depth roles, but then, you, you know, you find out that they're actually amazingly skilled, and it only happens when they actually get promoted to a role in a team where they're, they're going to get a lot of visibility, which is why somebody like Yanni Gord, once he goes to Seattle and starts to get ice time, I feel like people are going to realize Gord's kind of ridiculous. For seems like a very smart bet, but if anything goes wrong, it's only for three seasons and it makes a lot of sense to kind of keep the term short. The cost is very reasonable, just over 4 million per season. I feel like. Florida actually did pretty good business here. Uh, and just a heads up, in case we jump around a little bit, a lot of these transactions are just in order of the time that they were announced, basically, so we may have a couple of teams jumping around in between, but don't worry, we'll get through all the transactions, try and evaluate the impact on these teams as best as we can, and uh, focus on the ones that matter the most. Speaking of impact signings, we've got the Boston Bruins signing Nick Foligno to two years at around $3.8 million per season, which this contract, it's not terrible, right? But I feel like Felino for me is more of a locker room leader than somebody that I'm looking to do a lot for my team on the ice. Defensively, he's alright. He can be a very physical, chippy presence. I know that in terms of being a voice on the ice and in the room, he's very respected. Everyone seems to love him. It is interesting that they've brought him in. I feel like he actually does fit the way that the Bruins like to play, which is very physically aggressive along the walls, but secretly skilled. Felino's maybe not going to be the kind of guy that generates a ton of points. In fact, I don't really know what his offensive production is even going to look like, but this is just typical Boston stuff. What is a bit shocking with the Bruins is who else they signed for their blue line, which is Derek Forbort, formerly of the Jets. You know, certainly we've seen a lot of Forbort over the past uh, year or so, and he has signed for three years at $3 million per season, which for me is just, that's a little bit shocking. When Forbort got to the Jets, I liked him. I thought he was a a decent player. He was getting solid results as a second-pairing D-man with Neil Pionk, but then after about 10 or so games, the wheels kind of started to fall off, and all of a sudden, the reality of Forbort being more like a number six very much revealed itself. He was struggling to keep up. I'm pretty sure he played through an injury for at least half the season, and the guy just seemed really tired. I feel like this was probably the most that he's been asked to do in some time, and keeping up with Neil Pionk is actually a pretty demanding task. Unfortunately for him, I just think he sort of ran out of mileage, I would say. But now he somehow has earned his way into a massive contract with the Bruins... Congrats to him. As I always say for the ex-Jets, make that bank, but, you know, just make sure that it's not the Jets paying it. He is probably at this stage of his career a third-pairing guy, but I think a lot of people have maybe misevaluated and misinterpreted what exactly Winnipeg's uh, blue-line performance is supposed to look like. Maybe he has that, like, Ben Sherratt resurgence like Sherratt had when he first joined the Habs, but I'm not really expecting a lot. He wasn't the only Jets D signed today, though. We've got even more uh, transactions to go through. Some of them are going to be very funny, And we probably won't even finish all of them on this episode, so stay tuned throughout the rest of the week. We'll have even more coverage as we continue to dive into this crazy, crazy opening of free agency. Before we get ahead of ourselves, though, I did want to tell you about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. In the wild, wild west of online bets, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, UFC, MMA, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and scout all the contests for your next win. Stop sitting on the sidelines as all of your favorite teams begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as your favorite teams win. To get started, go to BetOnline.ag and register for a free account, and be sure to use promo code On to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code On at registration to receive a matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking about uh, free agent signings because, of course, the free agency period has just opened. Even though we had a lot of contracts leaked ahead of time, it's time to still talk about the ones that have finally been, I guess, realized, so to speak, or in the words of Elliot Friedman, consummated, of all things. But uh, the one you've probably been thinking the most about is Dougie Hamilton. Was he going to sign? Where was he going to sign? And how much is he going to cost? Well, he's going to New Jersey for seven years at $9 million per season, which... Interesting contract and an interesting choice. I feel like the Devils are trying to push a really rapid, I guess, upgrade to their team. Maybe they feel like they can be competitive in the Metro division. Maybe grease through like a, a wild card slot. I'm not 100% sure. I think it's Mackenzie Blackwood on their roster who's the really good goalie. Somebody who honestly had a couple of weeks and maybe even months where people thought he might be a Vesna candidate. Uh, and if you have like a goalie that you really trust and somebody that you feel like can start to carry you to wins and you've already got a couple of really good young players and a pretty okay-ish defense that's in need of like a really big upgrade, to some degree I do get swing for the fences. I'm actually just surprised that They basically did this with with Dougie and and he agreed to it because I feel like Hamilton could have gone to almost any team that he wanted to that had the cap space to afford him. So I'm interested to see what he wants to do with the New Jersey Devils. They're a team that's definitely changing their identity and, and trying to work around a lot of different things that have essentially held them back for the past couple of years. They want to get better at scoring and stuff, but I'm curious to know how much Hamilton's going to move the needle for him. He's obviously a phenomenal defender, one of the truly elite elite of the Blue Liners out there, but I, you know, this is a team that's kind of maybe at a different time and place than where his career is at at the age of 28, so it's a very interesting match. I'd like to see where it goes. Um, But of course, there were a couple of other big free agent signings. One of the more um, unusual ones was Pius Suter, who wasn't qualified by the Blackhawks for some reason. He has gone to Detroit for two years at around... 3.25 million per season. Suter, I feel like is a very interesting player with a limited track record, but in that track record, he's got a lot of really good results. He seems like he has top six potential and certainly for Detroit, he is a major upgrade at forward. So I feel like that contract is great value. I expect him to be a major contributor for the Red Wings. Look, Detroit's not really looking to win a ton of games, but they want to be fun, they want to be exciting, and they want to see what some of these guys are capable of. Giving your really young players some support and also helping Dylan Larkin out would probably be a a smart move by Iserman. I feel like most of his moves in the offseason have been pretty savvy, maybe one or two that I, I raise a little bit of an eyebrow at, but for the most part, overall, really good stuff. Moving on in the uh, very long list of contract extensions and stuff, we've got Mike Hoffman signing in Montreal for three years at $4.5 million per season. Um, Hoffman, yeah, I mean, he's a sniper. He can shoot. He's a, he's a decent goal scorer, but I don't really know if he's the kind of player that I would want to give a lot of term to. I think the reason that it makes sense for Montreal to maybe take a stab at this is that he is the kind of player they tend to lack. They have a lot of really good play drivers, but players who are actually good goal scorers Maybe a bit in short supply. I don't 100% know if this is the score that I would want to bring in. Um, Hoffman, of course, has had some issues in the past with stuff. You know, Allegedly, his girlfriend was involved with a bit of a scuffle with the Carlsons, and that's putting it lightly. If you've seen the case, you know that the allegations are pretty nasty. So I-, I don't know about this one, but maybe that whole situation is behind them, and now they're moving on. Um, Hoffman himself, I feel like he's probably not as good as he used to be. His on-ice impacts have definitely fallen off a lot. I don't think that his elite goal-scoring ability is enough to really outweigh some of the issues in his game, but maybe he finds some really top form for the Habs. I don't know. It's an interesting signing, I guess, but one that I'm probably glad the Jets didn't really take a look at. The last two moves I'll discuss are interesting for Tampa Bay because one of them is a free agent and one of them is an expiring contract that they've uh, extended. I'm going to stop it like the rest of the regular free agents because we've got to save at least some of them for the rest of the week and there's a, there's still a ton to get through, trust me. But I think a lot of people were expecting the shooter fall for Braden Point, right? This guy is a monster. And I mean a monster player. One of the best in the NHL. Probably Tampa Bay's MVP outside of like Andre Vasilevsky. Point has been paid like one. He's signing for eight years at $9.5 per season. That's a pretty fair contract. You're getting an elite franchise center. One of the most creative players in the league. Somebody with unbelievable skill sets. And clearly Tampa Bay's leading star attacker. Even above Stamkos and Kucherov. He is that flipping good. The more interesting and savvier signing is in Pierre-Edouard Belmar, now, this one is probably not one that raises a lot of eyebrows for most people, but I think it speaks to, in my opinion, a really good philosophy with how Tampa Bay runs, and I feel like this is why they continue to year in and year out win cups. I know it's only two so far, but I think they have a pretty good blueprint for continually doing it, especially with how this league is. This signing for two years at $2 million is very cheap, but Belmar is actually a very good defensive player, somebody who's good on the PK, who can really fortify your fourth line in a pinch, And he's not exactly a a slug on the ice, so I feel like Belmar makes a lot of sense. He can skate with a puck, he's very defensively oriented, a smart player physically, knows how to use his frame to shut down passing and shooting lanes, and isn't afraid to mix it up with opposing forwards. He's a net positive on the ice in terms of defensive value, Tampa Bay always gets these depth signings right for some reason. I feel like they know it better than anyone else, which is crazy because the information to see um, at least some of these players as as good as they are, some of the public data paints the same picture, and yet, you know, even with the inaccuracies that exist in public data, there's a clear enough picture that says somebody like Belmar is going to be a valuable player if you bring him in on a really cheap contract. Why it's teams like Tampa Bay that only seem to recognize this is beyond me, but this is a great signing. He's going to be a good player for them. Again, they could basically sign anyone and probably make them look good, but Belmar, a nice signing, a smart one, and a very good example of the philosophy of not overpaying your depth players, but identifying market inefficiencies and finding the right ones. Speaking of market inefficiencies and the rest of the shows for the uh, upcoming week, we're going to keep going through the free agent contracts, of which many of them were... Interesting is how I'm going to put it. (laughs) This was just a crazy day in free agency, and it's just the first day. We'll probably have some stuff from the Jets as they continue to announce their own signings. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be the end. For all of you basketball fans, do not forget to check out the live NBA Draft show. NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Bill Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Lockdown NBA on YouTube today, and watch our live coverage starting tomorrow on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. As always, thanks for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets, go!